We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Okay, Laura, I've got a good question today for us to start our podcast off. Okay. This is going to be just a random icebreaker question again. What was your first concert that you remember seeing? Oh my goodness. Okay, well... Like my first real, real, real concert was U2. It was, I'm pretty sure it was outdoor. I think it was outside in Toronto with Jay when we were dating. U2 was his favorite band. But it was awesome. It was awesome. Like way back in the like early 90s. Oh, so good. Oh, they would have been at the peak too of their their time. Was it Joshua Tree? Uh, was it around yeah. that time? <gasps> I think it was. Yeah, oh I think goodness. it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So good. You? Okay. Well, outside of a couple Christian concerts that no one would even know who these artists are. <laughs> if you want a little plug, Petra Praise was Ooh. like the first concert, Christian concert. You laugh. That was probably mine too. Cause I think we went on a youth trip. Didn't yeah. We? I think we we're like 13, 14, maybe even 12, 13. We went across the border cause we live close to Buffalo. Yeah. But honestly, if you want to Google and have a good laugh, just Google Petra. And you'll have a look. They look hilarious. Anyways, Petra Praise was the concert. But my first other real one was Sting. I went and saw Sting in Toronto. And uh, I loved some of his stuff. So I saw Sting. But, you know, to be honest, I'm not a huge lover of concerts. Because I find with videos and CD, like DVDs back then, I would watch all of those. But my favorite favorite is Broadway. Oh, oh my God. Well, I know you love Broadway. <laughs> it's my, it's my job, going to be my job in heaven. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> but if I had to pick to go see a concert or to pay a ton of money to go see a live Broadway, pl- it would be Broadway hands down. There's just something I just love about that. So concerts, not as much, but Broadway, yes. Do you want to see Hamilton? You know what? I don't really love Hamilton. Oh, man. Do you love Hamilton? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I want to see Hamilton so oh, much. You don't yeah. want to see Hamilton? Not really, I no. I think you'll love it. I watched it on... They have the... the oh, the they movie. have it. Yeah, they have oh, the movie Hamilton. Okay, okay. You watched the movie. I haven't I watched did. the movie, but okay. I want to see it's it. It's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Okay, so what's your favorite Broadway play then? Can you... Do you okay. have a fave? Well, I love Les Mis. Mm. Like, love Les Mis. That's a classic for me. But you know, our, that's my classic favorite outside. Okay, Phantom we've seen because we live near Toronto. We saw that one how many times? I love Phantom and Les Mis. But I think a newer musical I absolutely love is Wicked. Oh, I yeah. loved Wicked. Yeah. I thought it was just amazing when yeah. it came. Yeah. You? Oh, you know what? I actually lived. Have you ever seen a Broadway show in London? No. <gasps> That was my dream. <gasps> my dream was oh. to see one in New York City and see one in London. And I have seen both. I have seen both. I saw, um, I saw, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting. It was a Disney one. Um, was it Lo- Beauty and the Beast? Oh my, you saw that in London? I in saw London? It in <gasps> London. And oh. it was, I mean, like, it was otherworldly. It was so good. It was beyond so good. Yeah, so so good in London on Broadway. Oh my gosh. And then um and then in New York City I saw Matilda. Oh, and I wow. also saw Cinderella. Wow. Did you did you see Cinderella? No, I did not. No. 
didn't you no. come with us too? No, I didn't go you on didn't that trip. Go on that trip? No. What? Because at the time with work, I wasn't able. I wasn't working at the church at the time, and oh. I wasn't able to go. We had something at our, my other Whatever. job that I wasn't oh. able to go. Oh, oh, you missed that trip. Anyways, we had taken a church trip to a concert in New York, yes. and we we had the option of seeing a show. So, so that was my other my other. <gasps> oh, New York that's so City. amazing. Oh. Okay, so that's it. our thing. We love we yeah. love musicals. Oh my goodness, I love musicals. I know. I love the so set. Many. I love the the changes of set. I love the yeah. dancing. I love the singing. I love the live chemistry with the audience. I love all of that. So I have it a deep. Appre- I love that. Oh, uh, so fun, so fun. Actually, I've seen Hairspray in New York City too. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I could. Yeah, I, I know. I could go all the time. It's so fun. You know, New York City is only about a seven-hour drive from here. Like a seven and a half hour drive. It's not that far. It is not that far. So great. For some reason, it feels like it's so far. It d- but when you think about us going even we back home, it's like go, six, six and a half hours. Drive there. Yeah. And go see a show and come back. <laughs> Maybe that's in we the plans. That's in it. the plans. <gasps> and then we got to keep our eyes open. What's going to show there soon? Oh, that would be so, so fun. Good. Okay. So good. All right. So let's parlay into our actual conversation for today. And I thought maybe we could talk about something that I know you are particularly passionate about, um, but it's just something that I've noticed is coming up again and again and again as we walk alongside, you know, different believers, different, you know, people of faith and and just navigating their own journeys with the Lord, their own call, their own, um, you know, what they're sensing the Lord drawing them and leading them into. And it's just around significance. And so I've noticed that, there are some people, not all people, but there are some people who struggle to see the importance of their significance in the body of Christ. Or, okay, I'm going to say they're not saying this, but this is the way that it feels when you have a conversation with them or when you're walking alongside them, because it's almost like they're they're talking as if they're searching for something elusive out there that they've yet to find it that is going to bring them the ultimate of satisfaction and fulfillment and significance in the body of Christ. Whereas like I'll sit with these different individuals who are each so unique and so beautiful in their own right and such an integral and important part of the body of Christ. And yet I can see how integral they are, but it's like they can't. It's like, hmm. I've got to do this and I'm searching for this and it looks like this. And then sometimes what happens in those conversations is attached to that, even this sense that like the church or or someone else is supposed to make this happen for me. Like, Like if this doesn't happen and if, you know, you or if the church or if you don't support this and then I'll never reach this space of true significance in my faith, you know, and I, I just like it, this conversation and kind of how this goes sometimes really burdens me. And I just wonder how many people as they're going about their faith journey, and even you guys who are listening, you can maybe ask yourself this question. Maybe you find yourself in this space that just as you're living out your faith, you almost feel like there's unmet dreams in your life. And unless you accomplish those dreams, like you'll never truly actually reach your significance in Christ. Or maybe there's a sense of, you know, a call that you feel constrained by. And maybe you're you're struggling in that and struggling to find your significance in God and in Christ. 
And yet I feel like there is a revelation in the midst of that journey that God has for all of us about who he's called us and our identity in him. And that actually we have to actually lay aside all the doing and lay aside all these ideas and dreams and hopes and and really let the revelation of who we are in Christ and who he is to us and whom we belong to really take root in our hearts, even before we can enter into fully feeling the significance of that. Because from a place of significance, I think we can do a lot of things for God. But if we're, if we want to do a lot of things for God to gain significance, I think that's a never ending journey that we will never, ever find the end to. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I love how we've been talking about the body of Christ and the uniqueness of the spiritual gifts, because I think this kind of goes right back to it. We compare, we look at what something like a model, like this is, this is the model of what going into ministry looks like. I do A, B, C, D. Oh, right. Like you're saying, like almost like I have to be a pastor that, you know, or a worship leader, or like there's these kind of typical roles exactly. uh, lead a ministry of sorts be the official mm-hmm. leader of a ministry or mm-hmm. a paid vocation to be a mm-hmm. pastor like some of those ways that's exactly so if i do those things then that's going to open the door what do you do when you do all those things and that door doesn't open and now you're left with this disillusioned plan of wow maybe god then it starts this whole journey maybe i'm not good enough did i hear from god what am i to do versus god has a journey and a plan because many people who are in ministry that wasn't the path that wasn't what they had planned to do that's not even necessarily the way they got into ministry was that a b c d but it's amazing how you watch all of these journeys kind of collide where some have kind of god just opened door after door after door and absolutely, they you still have to, you know, in your spirit, you have to follow the Lord and what he's asking you to do with discipleship as far as knowing the Bible. I mean, you look around the world, people are rising up to lead home churches and they just got saved. But I'm talking about in what we're looking at our context and who we're dealing with right now in the church around us. People are, you know, they do feel like if I do this and this, then that's going to open the door for ministry. And then some people, they walk into ministry and haven't followed that that order. How do you put those things together? And I think at the end of the day, you realize, well, you don't realize, it, you are forced to come to terms with, am I surrendered to know that God sees me, loves me, has a plan for me, is not withholding from me, but actually has uniquely created me for a purpose that perhaps I have to even lay that down that maybe if ministry is such a goal for me to feel significant in Christ, that that's my significance in the body of Christ. It may not be. Am I willing to lay that down and find my true identity, my true security, my true, you know, authentic walk is being a child of God, regardless of what that looks like on the outside, what title, what position, what even opportunity. Because what if those doors close? Is God withholding a position from you because you're not good enough or perhaps because you're not significant? Absolutely not. God knows what we can handle. God has also wired us uniquely, significantly for a purpose. But the thing is, if we're so focused on what we feel we need to be to be significant in the body of Christ, I think we've actually missed, we've actually missed the significance because really it's not even about us. It's about the body of Christ. And so we do what we're asking God has asked us to do one obedient step at a time. But even as we take each step, we have to lay down what that next step is to be or 
could be or should be and say, God, what are you asking me to do? And are we doing it for an outcome in mind? Or are we doing it because we're just being submissive and obedient for that next step? Yeah. But I think that's sometimes what happens is the outcome is in mind of like, I'm, and I know this is my own life too. I've done A, B, C with like, this is going to happen now and it doesn't. And you think, what? Like, how is that possible? And then you see someone who didn't do A, B, C and all of a sudden they're just walking through that door and you think, how is that even possible? Because it's not even about the outcome. It's about the obedience step really yeah it's so true it's so true and even you know we've both walked the journey where actually we've gotten there to whatever there is and it didn't look at all like Mm -hmm. what we thought Mm -hmm. what we imagined so the outcome came but the outcome actually wasn't what we thought it was going to be you know we have the opportunity um at our church at life center to uh have a bible school um life center school of the bible and so we have the opportunity to walk alongside like many many people um and i mean thousands of people over the decades have been through our three-year Bible school program and um, and it's just a part-time program you know that meets once a week and people can come and learn and take courses um, and learn about the Bible and it's and it's awesome it, it really is an amazing amazing three-year journey of discipleship and growing in the word of God and so a lot of people as they go through this journey kind of over the course of three years, begin to kind of get a stir like, okay, Lord, and the last year has a ministerial focus on it. So the last year's is sort of is sort of stirring up those spiritual gifts and stirring up those giftings. So some people will come out of the Bible school and they'll think, oh my goodness, like I know my next step is, you know, I need to be a pastor. And what does that look like? And, you know, and it's so interesting because it has forced us as a leadership team to have some very interesting conversations about, Mm -hmm. okay, so what does this look like? Is it, is it like, can somebody just say, I want to do this and then they can just do it? Like how, how does it work even for somebody to go into ministry, um, to be affirmed in the call to ministry? Because, you know, you realize as you are in this type of vocation that it is, it's a unique it's a unique vocation for sure. And it's a unique calling and calling looks different for every single person. It doesn't look the same for everybody. Um, it kind of happens in a very, I would almost say subjective way because it's not the same for everyone. And like you said, some people go the track of, you know, a master's of divinity and a lot of education and school, and that's their pathway. And other people go on a different path that's much more affirmed by other people as they begin to step out into different aspects of ministry. And you just see, wow, no, there's really something very, very special and anointed about this person. So the journey looks so, so different, but it's, it's forced us to really have a conversation about, you know, is this for anybody? Can anybody do it? And should we be just affirming anybody as, you know, an ordained minister and, and walking this journey? And so for us at Life Center, like it's really kind of made us need to search for what is the heart behind this and a really interesting idea that you can see as you kind of walk this journey with people is there seems to be two different paths and I I haven't done tons and tons of thought or research on this um, or even work with the Lord on this but just as a thought I want to throw out there there's like there seems to be these two paths and one is inspirational it's almost like and we've walked with people and are walking with people that fit this category that there's 
they have never sought out to become a pastor. Like nothing about sort of what they've, I don't know if it's been a secret desire, but it's never really been stated. It's never been put out there, but there is an obvious and evident special anointing on them. And so like when we see this sort of arise and it always just arises just serving in the body of Christ. Like it's not special. It's not like through a special, you know, (laughs) like a special position. It's just, they just serve. And you can see this humility, this anointing, this really dedication to the Lord, like a deep, deep dedication to, to the Lord and just a beautiful tenderness for God. And when you're with this person, you're like, they help me be more like Jesus. And I, there's no age on this. This happens. Sometimes people are in in the retired age of their life. Sometimes people are in their teens. You you see this in all different facets, men, women, all over. But there's just like an evident calling and there's something. It's an intangible thing that you can't really put your finger on what it is. And so we've walked with a lot of people who have seen this and began to speak into that and began to call that out and began to cultivate that to the point where maybe eventually that person becomes a vocational pastor and maybe even ordained and is walking in the fullness of that calling and anointing. But then you see this other pathway and it's more like an aspirational and we've walked alongside people like this too for, for years, like all the years we've been in ministry who are like, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a pastor. I'm going to do anything it takes to be a pastor. I want to be a pastor. And you're like, okay, okay. And you know, you walk alongside these people, but maybe don't see the same thing in the same way as the ones you're walking in the inspirational sense. And so, you know, we've watched people go the education route. And so they, they go to school and they get a bachelor in theology. They, you know, begin to pursue, there's lots of different ways to kind of get to this end. And we've watched people go on these, these whole journeys to get there and they do, and they, they step into ministry and they begin to to minister and serve. So it's just, it's so unique how this takes place. But, um, but also at the end of the day, I think we all come to the realization that it isn't about a vocation. It isn't about a title. It is about who God has called me to be. And am I willing to be that person wherever I'm placed? If it's here right now to steward this, okay, this is Mm -hmm. my, this is, you know, this is my assignment, but what if I'm plucked out and I'm dropped in another country? Am I going to do the same thing? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because it's, am I going to be paid to do it? Probably not, but you know, it's who God has called me to be. So it's getting to that place aside from all of these other external things. I love it. And I think an interesting part too, Laurie brought up, like just about the different ways, like, yes, you can, want to be, have a vocation as a pastor and find a way to do that. Um, and then the, the other way you're talking about the, insp- like how God, you know, kind of marks you, sets you, and you, it starts to fan and opportunities come and you step in. And just speaking into that a little bit, you know, what's interesting, we look in Acts, there was a time when um, Judas needed to be replaced. And, you know, they needed more help. And how do they decide who's going to be that next disciple to help? And really, it came from a nomination from within the community. And I think that's a really important thing because we can look at ourselves with thinking that this is what God's called us to do. But there is an affirmation that is very significant alongside of all of those things. It never takes the place 
of God and what he's spoke. Like, I'm not saying like, it's not just this, it's all of it together, but there is something about the affirmation of the community too. And you can see that though, when I look at my own life, when I look at those I've watched walk into ministry, it has naturally come from the community, this affirmation, this acknowledgement, like, oh, we see this unfolding, we fan that into flame, and we affirm. And then even, I know how significant it was when we were ordained, and your whole church family is there watching, united, and affirming those moments. There is an affirmation that does come from community, and not just close friends, leadership sees it, and as you respond, and that's why I think it's so important to be plugged into a local church serving, because if this is in your heart, and if this is the where God has you to go, you can be assured that, you know, at some point it's going to be affirmed and recognized and the doors will open um, because that's God's faithfulness. If it's God's plan, it's going to happen. Maybe one leader never saw it in that in your life. Just stay faithful serving. God will open doors for you and lead you and direct you. But I just think it's really important because in Acts chapter 2, and it's in verse, I think, 23, it says, so they nominated two men. And um, then they begin to pray and ask the Lord for direction. And they were they cast lots and they were elected. They were selected to become apostles with the other 11 and uh, Matthias. So I think it's very important that that is also an aspect that works alongside. You've got the part of study and diligence and serving the mark of God, just the anointing of God, the desire that God puts in you. But then there comes an affirmation from your church family, from leadership that see things in you. And if that's not necessarily happening, you have to recognize that and say, okay, am I wanting something that perhaps is not something that is even recognized in that way? That doesn't mean you're not significant. Just that leadership, that comes with a great weight and also comes with a community being willing to kind of follow and recognize a leader that they kind of come into just an awareness that this person, we, we trust what God is doing this life to follow because that's why we have leaders that are placed. And with that, when I say it's not going up the ladder, you get more on your knees and greater humility because there is a greater accountability and we should weigh that out. We don't walk with a burden of it. We don't have to be stressed by it, but we feel the weight of that and you should feel the weight of that. There should be a weight because there is an accountability to, accountability to that. And we're called in heaven. It does say we'll give a greater account. So with that being said, I don't think anyone should be <laughs> like, I want that. There, there will be a greater accountability. So if God has this for you, the community recognizes it, the leadership on your life, the authority in your life, because they recognize the ability to say, I'm willing to follow. I see a fruitfulness and I recognize something that is not tangible because you could put two side by side doing the exact same thing. But it is something that really is supernatural. While some leaders, people just really will follow and others they set themselves up as a leader, but people don't follow. And you have to recognize that as well. So I just want to acknowledge that that's part of the how even in the scripture, the apostle was chosen to replace Judas um, came from the community itself. Yes. And through prayer. I'm pretty sure there's another scripture just a little while <laughs> later where they drew straws. <laughs> <laughs> they did. So they cast lots after that. They they had two come up. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the short straw. Darn. Yeah, totally. I didn't make it. Didn't make the so cut. so funny. Whenever <gasps> I read that, I'm like, oh, okay, let's draw straws. <laughs> I love it. I love that it. That is so good. But you know what? The, the honest truth and the bottom line of this is if God wants you to be a pastor, yeah. you're going to be a pastor. That's right. If God wants you to be a lawyer, you're going to be a lawyer. If God wants you to be a psychologist, you're going to be a psychologist. If God wants you to be a teacher, you're going to be a teacher. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> you like we we don't we don't realize but even and I'm not saying it's like a forced thing not at all but we're going to keep being drawn back to the very thing that the Lord has created us for and I think you know in the world there's just been so much damage done like even in our upbringings mm. in school teachers parents words like words have been spoken over us like you're dumb you're never going to amount to anything and then as we become adults it's like we we strive our whole adult life to prove that wrong to somehow mm. try to shake off those words to shake off those and oh like i just my heart my heart for every single person is that they would understand the depth of mm. the significance that they have, like that you would understand despite what has been spoken over you, despite all of the negative words of how you did in school, or maybe you never even graduated high school. Maybe, you know, maybe your parents never believed in you and just spoke words over you like you're dumb and you're stupid and you're never going to amount to anything you're never going to do anything you know great with your life maybe these words have been spoken but your heavenly father has spoken over you that you were created with a purpose that you have significance that he loves you and values you and like that revelation has nothing to do with what you can do externally there's there's no amount of certificates papers on the wall um positions jobs that can compensate for the brokenness of what you believe about yourself or what's been spoken over you except the redemption of christ mm -hmm. bridges that gap between mm -hmm. what has been spoken and who you really are and I really, really believe that when you get your significance in the body of Christ, all of a sudden the burden that you feel for what it is you believe you're called to do, it is no longer a, a burden of frustration anymore. It actually is a burden of joy. Like it changes over to be a burden of joy that you have the privilege of helping the world with this thing that God has placed on your heart. And I remember when we were doing our spiritual gifts um, conversation and we, we often talked about how when you have a spiritual gift in a certain area, how you're, you, you have a tendency to see where that's not happening and you have a tendency to even be critical about the ways that other people are not doing, you know, that like, let's say mercy as an example, if mercy is your gift, you tend to notice how, you know, when people are not acting merciful or using that gift or how that gift is underused in maybe your church community or, you know, wherever it's like, and then, and then a critical, like <laughs> this gift that's, that's meant to be a blessing and meant to be for the mutual upbuilding of the body of Christ actually comes out as like, I'm critical, I'm, unsatisfied i'm discontent you know all of these things come out but i truly truly believe that when you get your significance and your role in the body of christ and let's say you do have a mercy gift that the burden of that gift is a joy that you get to bring to the body of christ and you don't it doesn't matter what is not happening because you're fulfilled in what you are doing because of who you are in christ and so this is the heart of this conversation today is a revelation of your significance in God. And if you don't have that, honestly, nothing else 
Like nothing else that you will do matters. It's all will just be vaporous striving. Mm. Rhonda, you had this cool revelation about Genesis and about like our relationship with God mm. and that partnership. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays into this significance journey, the importance of this journey. Would you, would you share that with us? Yeah, I'd Just love to. Saw. I know. I, I, you know, I love when you go through the Bible and you know, we read the Bible our whole lives. We've been reading the Bible. And I love when it's, when it says it's living and active, it is so true because it's always revealing something fresh and something new. And I love when you read a story or a line, you're like, I've never noticed that before. And it jumps off the page. This happened to me the other day. I was just, I'm going through Genesis, starting over again and reading in um, the timeline. Instead of reading like start to finish, I'm reading according to timeline. um, Oh, the chronological? Yeah, I'm going to be doing that right now. So anyways, I'm just in Genesis. And the first one I, I... it's honestly it struck me i want to like i'm so grateful to share today but it was in chapter 1 verse 19 and it says this is when god is creating you know man he creates nature and he said so the lord god formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky he brought them to the man to see what he would call them and the man chose a name for each one and i just I was reading, I just, it struck me. I just stopped off the page and I just visualized what that would have looked like. And picturing right from the beginning of time, here is God, sit like God with Adam, creating each of these animals, all the wild animals and the birds of the sky. And he brought them to the man. So just that beautiful like I've never thought about what that would have looked like. Here's God creating and look walk- at this one. Look at this one. This one is yeah, like the joy and the laughter. I'm sure some of the names they started killing themselves laughing. Like all the variety of animals too. Yeah, like like, what? What is that? I know. And he could have named them all and said, "Here's this, this." He said, "You name them." Like I want to partner. I'm going to create this. You can't create, but I'm going to bring you this beautiful invitation of partnership. We see right in Genesis, and I just was thinking, you know, that's exactly the invitation that God gives each of us. He gives us this invitation to what he's doing right now, spiritually, in every way. He invites us in and says, let's do this together. I want you to see. I want you to be a part of this creation with me. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. And I want you to see it. And I just felt the joy of the Father in that moment. That If you just picture that beautiful hill, like that's what I was picturing, them sitting on the side of a hill, and all of a sudden this beautiful, like exactly like an elephant, a lion, and God looking at him and say, what do you want to name this one? And then just having this joy, and then the animal takes off running, and you're watching the beautiful moment of partnership and the intimacy of God creating with the creation more and bringing him in the only moment we're seeing like no other creation was brought into that intimate space like it wasn't an angel sitting beside him doing this it was his own creation man that he made in his image for fellowship for intimacy to be together and we lose sight of that that sometimes it's like i've got to do this to earn god's approval or i've got to do this to be significant he just sat down beside god god did the creating and he just was a part invited into this space with God, with intimacy. And so I just was allowing that. And honestly, I had tears running down my th- my face thinking, this is exactly what you've always wanted, God, that you just want us close to be with what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, God was doing the creating. It wasn't Adam. Adam didn't create one thing. But God even gave him the, he said, I'm going to let you name it. How beautiful. Like he's like, you can name whatever you want. 
And that's exactly how God is with us. He's given this beautiful life to us. And he said, I'm going to create, there's things that I can, I can only do. I'm God. I'm going to create this spiritual space with you, with me, but I'm going to let you invite you in and just let's do this together. Let's do life together. And I, I just was really touched by that. And then I went on to read, you know, um, when he says, and right before that, he actually says, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a helper who's not, who's just right for him. And he begins to create all these wild animals and they start to name them. And then it says, the Lord God realized in this moment, he said like, but still there was no helper just right for Adam. So as this is all happening, the heart of God was to create companionship with Adam and also to give Adam like a family. Like this is part of God's heart was family right from the beginning, this world filled with beautiful animals and then he's creating all these animals and he looks at Adam and he sees, but I, you don't have someone walking side by side with you. You have me, but I'm going to create even Eve. And then he goes on to create Eve. And he said, it's not good that man would be alone. And it just, this is just me in this moment. I just thought right back to even when Jesus left, we got Genesis, this starting with the partnership of God, this beautiful partnership of God, intimacy with God. It gets broken by sin. We go not far after, I mean, hardly the next chapter, we see the brokenness of that. Then we have, once again, the intimacy of partnership. Jesus comes to earth. Right. Once again, a partnership. And Jesus chooses to build the church with men. Twelve. Once again, he's creating this new way of church, of living with God, with man. Talk about, once again, God's like, this is my heart that I would do this with like you. He doesn't need us to do it. No. <laughs> but he wants he to do wants it with us. He wants to. So here we go. Wow. Thousands of years later, Jesus comes. And once again, we see this same unfolding that he takes these 12, he builds the church with man. And then what he said, the same words, it's not good for man to be alone. Jesus says, I have not left you alone. You, that we're not orphaned. He talks about that, that we're not orphaned. He sends us the helper. And who is that? The Holy Spirit, the companion of companions. What Eve could never do, what man could never do, the Spirit of God now dwells within us. That was different. Even like God dwelt with Adam, Jesus dwelt with the disciples, but now we have the Spirit of God in us. And I, I just was really taken back about how Genesis, that same heart we see through the ministry of Jesus and that same leaving that when even, you know, God just just doing this with us. Anyways, I just was moved by that. Those same, th like just a thematic movement in such beautiful moments in God's intimate interaction with us because after Adam was kicked out of the garden I mean it was years like they would have to go into the tabernacle have the you know the presence of God speak to them like in really make but hundreds of years would pass it was a very difficult time but then you have once again Jesus coming and walking on earth as God did with Adam, walked in the cool of the night with Adam, created with Adam. Here Jesus comes and walks with disciples, builds and creates with disciples a new way, a new way of living, a new way of understanding God's heart. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father of really repairing that relationship that from the garden God longed for. God, this was God's idea. And then he says, once again, like the garden, it's not good for man to be alone, <laughs> but I'm going to give you my very spirit. I'm going to put myself in you. I've just been moved by this. It's been a real revelation in my heart. Wow. No, that's profound. And that speaks to the significance. The significance 
of who we are in Christ and who Christ has called us to be. It does. It speaks directly to that. You know, I think about how even in our own lives, like how often do you do something, you go to do something and you just decide like, it's easier if I just do it myself. Like you just, you just go ahead and you kind of think, oh, I'm just going to do this. It's going to be so much easier if I just do it myself. Like (laughs) definitely it would have been so much easier (laughs) if God would have just done it himself. He's perfect in all of his ways. He would have done it perfectly, but he didn't want to do it that way. Like he didn't want to do it like because of his great love for us, but because of also like how significant we are to him, to him. Like not how we feel in ourselves, but to him. And so like I think about, you know, even bringing along my kids on a part of my a part of the journey to say like, "Hey, like come, like cook, like let's cook dinner together." Like it's it's not because I need them to do that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's because like I want to spend time with them and this is what I'm doing and I want to spend time with them and they're they're significant to me and they matter and I know that they'll take that skill and then bless their family one day. Like there's this beautiful, you know, this beautiful thing that's happening. And so anyways, I just love that round. I love that revelation and I actually think that what you just shared is a whole other podcast that we can go mm-hmm. just about like how individualistic we are mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. lone like lonely anyways mm-hmm. side note mm-hmm. <laughs> but today i just love how that speaks into the depth of our significance to god and so today like as you're listening to all of this may you receive deep into your spirit this revelation that you are significant to God so significant that he wants to partner with you to do his work here on the earth and he has given you gifts empowered by his spirit that lives inside of you to use for the mutual upbuilding of the body of Christ and so again like you don't need listen to me when I say this and hear this you don't need anything like you don't need anything else to walk in the fullness of this. Now, are some of your journeys going to take a ministerial vocation, different pathways, different careers? Absolutely. They're going to unfold and manifest differently. All of us are so different and unique how God's calling us. But listen to the Lord and do not place anything as like a barrier, as in like, when I achieve this, Mm -hmm. then I Mm -hmm. really will be significant or when I achieve this, then I'll really start making a difference for God. No, there is nothing standing in your way. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are empowered to do his work and God wants to partner with you because you're significant and you matter. Receive that into your spirit today so that you know that there is nothing holding you back. I love the story in the scriptures that says, you know, um, I can't even remember the context right now of the entire story, but it was basically, if God is in this, there's nothing that can stop this. <laughs> like if God is in this, there's there's nothing we can do to stop it. And and I do, I love Jackie Hill, Hill Perry when she says, listen, like it, the, that car you're driving, you're driving it because God wanted, like you you think you're driving it because you did something? Like he, you're only driving it because you're allowed to. Like he allowed mm-hmm. you to take breath today. <laughs> like he allowed you to wake up and take breath today. So don't be like, oh, I did, da, 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 da. you know, this is all me. 
no, 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 no. Like you are so significant that you took breath today because he allowed you to take breath today. And so walk in the fullness of that significance. It's a revelation that the enemy wants to steal from you every day so that he can make you think that there's something that you don't have right now that you need in order to fully accomplish the work of God on the earth. And you don't. That is a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God is not withholding from you. He never, ever, ever has. He has given you everything you need because of Jesus, because of grace. And so you can walk in the fullness of your significance in Christ. So grab hold of that as truth. And if that's not, um, if, if that's not a revelation that you're currently in, then grab it as faith. Like grab it by faith today. Just say, okay, by faith, I, I am significant to God. Say it by faith. Even if you don't believe it yet, mm. grab hold of it by faith and just begin to take steps. And I promise you, you will make a difference. You will make a difference. And we need you. The body of Christ needs you. That is exactly like we are a body. And when I think of, I love that, Laura, what you just shared, that that's exactly because it's elusive. That's what the enemy always wants to think, us to think that if only I get here, if only it's the striving. It's like, I don't have what I need right now. You absolutely do. You have everything you need for today, for God has called you to do and for what God has called you to be. Absolutely. And so, you know, we just, I love the body, that illustration that we talk about the body of Christ. God does not, and when we talk about that in the letters, elevate one body and actually chastises when a spiritual gift is done or even says, if this is elevated, like that's, that's not at all. You look at your body, there's not, there's, I've, I've talked about this before, but if there's one, I have had one area go wrong, my B12 and how much it affected. I didn't even know that that was such an integral part. You not stepping out to be who God's called you to be is robbing the body of Christ from the full operational value and significance the body has. So please, we, we implore you, and I'm speaking to my spirit too, not to compare ourselves, not to look and to weigh the value because one is more public or one is more celebrated. Be who God's called you to be because when you're not, the world, the kingdom of God is robbed because only you can be what God's called you to be. You are significant. And I love how you said that. If you don't believe that today, you grab that by faith because the word of God is our truth. We have been discipled by our culture. Some of us have been discipled by dysfunctional families, relationships, whatever it may be. God is calling us to be re-anchored and discipled by his word. So grab hold of that by truth and may you step into fullness of the beauty that God's called you to be because we cannot operate as a body without one another. If you've ever seen, you see bodies that are broken and bruised when like parts are missing, there's things not right in the system. You see the labor that the body takes even to move. God desires for not just our body to move, but our body to swiftly advance. And so in order to do that, we need all of us together. And I love that. That's God's heart from the beginning was partnership. God's heart with Jesus coming to earth was partnership to build a church and God's heart today is partnership with one another with him with the Holy Spirit within us to advance in the kingdom of God for a greater purpose so here today pull by faith I love that word pull by faith yes. I am significant so you are significant yes yes and I, a, a word that always rings over in my mind that I've had to live out a hundred times and probably will have to live it out a hundred times over is just Abraham and Isaac. Like mm. whatever that promise is, that dream, lay it down, Amen. lay it down, Amen. lay it down. It's not a barrier. Lay it down. 
and trust God with your future. Trust God with your steps. Make your plans. Let God ordain your steps. Like this is uh, over and over and over again, whatever it is, whatever that dream is. And I know those dreams are so close to our heart. And sometimes we place them as like until or when this lay them down, lay mm. them down and embrace the fullness of your significance in Christ. What, no matter what you see in your circumstance, no matter what your life mm. is looking like in your circumstance today, embrace it and just take another step into the, the gifting of God, the empowerment of the spirit and the fullness of that significance that you have in Christ. I love that, Lauren. I just want to speak. I really feel even prophetically speak to someone who feels limited. You might be limited by whether it be your vocation, like what you've, your education, whether it be even physically, perhaps you have not, you haven't been well, or you haven't had, or there's different things. You just fill in the blanks. You might feel a limitation to say, oh, well, this is what I would love to do, but I can't because of a real legitimate limit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Genuine um, limitation that you feel. I want you to know that when we're talking about the body of Christ, we're talking about in the spirit. And I just want you to hear right now that you are not forgotten. You are not abandoned. God is not, I love that word, withheld from you. God has not teased you by saying, well, you can only go so far. May you feel literally internally free. I speak of freedom over that inside because even what we're talking about is not external. It's all internal. And so even for some of you at home, it could be perhaps you are in a place where you're not able to be mobile to go and do the things that you would love to be able to do because you literally are not able to do that. I want you to know there is a significance in the body of Christ. Perhaps in this season, God is going to give you prophetic dreams, prayers, words. God is going to use this. It is not limited externally. It's the spirit. And so even that, may you feel an unleashing. I almost feel like even some of you felt caged, that there's an opening of a cage and you literally feel the freedom to fly, that the Lord is going to give you a fresh vision of how he's created you in this season and where you are in this season for a purpose. And sometimes we don't like the, many times we don't like the season when we feel we can't do what we feel we would like to do. But God is not limited by the external circumstances. So I just want to speak that over your life. I feel like there's someone listening today that may feel like almost like a bird caught in a cage. May you feel the opening of that cage that you are free to fly because God is calling you to something spiritual that is not limited by the external. That is really profound. And I think, you know, that's part of an awakening moment that's happening right now for some. Mm -hmm, Just mm -hmm. an awakening moment that that limitation that they've seen that they've believed is what has held them back is being lifted in the yep. supernatural Amen. right now in Jesus name. And so we yep. do, we speak that over you and I believe that is happening. I yep. really do. I believe that is happening right now for, for someone or for some people um, who are listening. I can see it. I, I can actually see your mind shift. I can mm-hmm. see a shift mm-hmm. in your mind and the very exact identical circumstance that you find yourself in all of a sudden you can see now that there is no limitation in it. You can see the fullness of what God uh, wants for you to walk in the fullness. Because again, like Rhonda said, it's not natural. This mm-hmm. is a, we're not talking about a natural, physical, external thing. We're literally talking about a, p- a posture of the mm-hmm. spirit. That means if you were in prison, this is, I mean, if you were in literal prison, mm-hmm. You can, you could be completely free. You know, every Sunday we come and we worship with masks on where our, our face are literally like masked and muzzled. We are completely free in our spirits. You know, we're, we keep talking about the Iranian revival that's taking place a million followers of Christ that's happening underground. And guess what? They're fully covered in burqas, only their eyes showing. 
they're completely free mm-hmm. in Jesus name. There, mm-hmm. There's no, there is no hindrance. There is no limitation to what our, what God wants to reveal in our spirit. And so you receive that word today, Amen. receive that. I see it. I see it coming. So, so powerful. Amen. So your King sees you. He sees you where you are. He loves you. He's calling you to follow him. He's calling you into partnership with him. We are passing through, but he has a significant purpose that you were created to do and to be in him first and foremost. And from that, the abundance is how we flow over to infect other people's lives with his grace and his love. And so may you know that your king sees you. He loves you. Hear him calling your name. And may you just say yes and follow. That's right. And hold fast. Where you've been discouraged, hold fast because God is leading you, whether you can see it or not, and you are significant and you matter and we need you. So let's go and do the work of God on this earth together, building his kingdom until he comes, until he returns. We love you guys so much. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and He is always with you.